Hi. Can, can everybody hear me okay? Now the internet's a bit sketchy over in Ireland, but everybody welcome to Ireland for one night only in Ireland. You didn't need to get on a plane. You could just come to Ireland. Um, hence the accent. I've met a bunch of you. I tried to flick through to see who I knew and who I didn't, but um, I've met a bunch of you before. So hopefully you don't have to turn the captions on. You can understand me just a little bit. Hey, I want to read you just a verse couple of verses and then we want to chat around something just tonight in Matthew 9 it says this in verse 35 it said Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness and when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the field. Um, like the guy said, my name's Darren. I am married to Lauren. I have a dog called Drake. A, we keep trying to tag like at champion poppy on Instagram to see if he'll retweet him, but he, he's not, he's not playing. He's not playing with us, but a, we recently moved to Dublin, but I grew up in a town called Portadown in a council estate. And we had just a house full of boys, like all brothers. And so having a house full of boys, we always got into a little bit of mischief. And what always happened was that if my brother, like I would have come home and like my dad would have been standing there with a slipper, like ready to just hit me with this slipper. I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And somebody had always passed the blame. Like someone was always passing the blame on to somebody else in our house. It was kind of like nobody ever owned up to anything. They always just passed it on until one day I was the oldest. One day I'm in charge. And it was good for a while. It was kind of like, go make the dinner. I'm in charge. Go tidy like my room because I'm in charge. And so for a little while I was kind of like being like a dictator. But then we thought let's i don't know why we thought it was a good idea let's light some candles i seen andy was lighting a candle earlier but i was like let's light some candles in this house so we're lighting these candles in the house and then we went outside to play some football and then we came back into the house and opened the door and the fire alarm was going off and there's like smoke has filled the house and so we start to get through the smoke like what's going on what's happening and we work our way through i'm like at the oven there's something on fire what's happening here and what had happened was we had lit this candle on a table and it was like my mom had this like table that had been passed down through her whole family. And we lit this candle on this table and forgot about it. And the candle burnt like, it wasn't like one of those ones in a jar. The, can the candle had burnt like the whole way through. And so it had started to burn into like this table that my mom loved. And so uh, the, like burnt a hole in the table and now the smoke has filled the whole house. And so the whole house smells like smoke. We're opening windows, we're getting the, all the smoke out. But then we realized at the end that the table's like absolutely ruined. And so we thought we're gonna have to rearrange the furniture here or something. So we moved the table into the corner, put the fish tank on top of the, put the fish tank on top of the burn on the table and then just rearranged the furniture. Mum came home and we were like, Mum, we just like, we wanted to surprise you when you got home. Like we just thought the house looked so much better this way and that we really wanted to do good for you. And it was all fine. We got away with it until about three years later when the fish died and we had to move the fish tank out. And Mum's table was absolutely 
ruined. And what I realized that day was that whenever you have a level of responsibility, you can't pass the blame. I was in charge that day. Whatever happened that day, it was just going to happen that day. And I was in charge. It was all down to me. And the thing about us and being a Christian or following Jesus is that we get handed this level of responsibility. It gets handed to us. We're, and whether we like it and whether we don't, the responsibility is ours. And so with responsibility comes this thing that we might not like. It's called accountability. We have to, like that day, I was, I had to give account. I had to answer for what went wrong in the house that day because I was the one in charge. And whenever anyone gives you any level of responsibility, whether it's your parents or your teachers or your boss, if you've got a part-time job or whatever it might look like, you have to answer for that in some sort of shape or form. And I was reading this Psalm this week is Psalm 145 verse four. And it says this one generation will pass on your good works to another. So one generation will pass on the news, pass on the stories, pass on like the stories of God to the next generation. And I got me thinking that whether we like it or not, we've been handed this huge responsibility. Like you've been handed this huge responsibility and it might seem impossible to us, but God has handed it to us at the same time. And what I'm talking about is our generation, your generation. God has handed us this responsibility for the generations. It says that one generation would like pass on the stories, which must mean that there are stories that God wants to write in every single generation. In every single age group, God has stories that he wants to write. And so if God has stories that he wants to write in our generation and in your generation, then we have a responsibility to make sure that those things happen. We have a responsibility to get like in the game whenever God's moving to move with him. And he's going to ask us at the end, like, what did you do? do you know, that's one of the things that like, it really woke me up whenever I was like a teenager, when I realized that, you know, one day I'm going to be before God and he's going to say to me, what did you do with the gospel? What did you do with the good news? What did you do with, and you, when I was a teenager, I was trying to pass it off and said, you know, when I'm older or, you know, that's my youth pastor's job or that's my youth leader's job or that's my parents' job, like to do something with the gospel. But we know when we see it all around, like nobody, nobody's guaranteed. Like I used to think when I'm an old man, I'll do this thing. And then I, as I get older, I realize I'm not everybody's guaranteed to get to that stage. And so what am I going to do with what God is doing today and what God wants to do today in this generation? There's stuff that you have as a teenager that, and places that you'll be. I know it's a bit awkward at the minute being socially distanced and what are we going to do about school? Are we going back to school or what's it going to look like? But you have this space that I don't have, that your youth leaders don't have. There's a, there's a, there's a generation there that we are, we, can't get the same access to that you can, but God wants to write something in that generation and it's up to all of you to do it. I don't think I'm going to get to stand before God someday and pass it off and say, oh, I left it up to my, I left it up to my friends. I left it up to somebody else. I don't think I get to, to just pass it. Well, cause when actually when God hands me responsibility, then I'm going to have to answer for that stuff. And I just want to remind you guys like, there's a real enemy to your generation as there is to my 
generation and he's trying to destroy it in any way that he can and he has death written all over his plans for your generation and for mine and god has life written all over his plan for your generation and for mine and so we have to decide what it is that we are going to do matthew 5 says that you are the light of the world you're a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden and it says this which is really interesting nobody nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a basket instead the lamp's placed on a stand so that everyone can see in the same way let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father nobody lights a lamp and then hides it under a basket see what the i've heard people pray and they'll pray God, make us the light. God, make us light in this darkness. But actually, when I read the Bible, it says that you already are. Like, you're already the light. The only thing that would hide the light is you. It seems like being able to hide this light is an option that is, is for us. Like, we could hide this light. We, nobody hides it and put it under a basket, it says. And we need to be careful that we don't have a light and then just decide not to shine a light. Because like, if, we if we're all stuck in the dark, there's no point in you having a torch if you won't shine it. There's no point in you having a way out if we don't shine it. There's no point in you knowing that you have the light and then doing nothing with it if we're all stuck in the dark. And what happens is like this idea of shining that light, all of a sudden all this stuff bubbles up inside of us. It's like, but everyone's going to look at me. Everyone's going to see. What are my friends going to think? What's everyone going to say about me? What are people going to, like, oh, I don't know. It's too uncomfortable. I don't want all of the attention. I don't want to be the one to do it. Let somebody else do it. But if you have the torch, it's your responsibility to shine it. If people are stuck in the dark and you have the light to get them out, it's your responsibility to shine it. There's a generation stuck in the dark. The enemy has them blinded. And we have the light that will get them out. So it's our responsibility like what are they gonna think what are they gonna do do you know what who cares what they think who cares what they're gonna do i promise you your friends will be more annoyed if they knew that you had the answer that you had the light and you chose to leave them in the dark your friends will be more annoyed if they knew that you had a way out for them and you didn't show it to them if you left them stuck it's our job as the light of the world to shine the light to be the city on a hill that cannot be hidden to not put our light under a basket, but to let it shine for everyone to see. And I want to remind you again, you don't answer to your friends. You don't answer to your family. There's Drex barking in the background. You don't answer to your friends. You don't answer. He's amening me because I can't hear anybody else. Um, he is like, you don't answer to those people. You answer to God. And so we don't answer to this generation we answer for this generation we don't answer to this generation we answer to god for them we will stand before god and say what do we do god will say what did you do i was too afraid of what they'd think i was too worried about oh, i didn't want them to not be my friend anymore so i just let them i just left it alone that stuff's not going to cut it like it's not going to cut it's not a good enough reason to worry what people think we have the light and they're in the dark and if we really love them we'll show them how to get out we aren't responsible to this generation we're responsible for it it's on us it's on you 
and it's on me. God has placed you inside of friendship circles that he hasn't placed anyone else in this whole Zoom. And you are responsible for those people. He has put you in relationship with people that he hasn't put anyone else in this whole Zoom in relationship with because God wants to use you to preach the gospel to them, to shine a light into their darkness and show them how to get out. And I guess the question I have for us all is, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do about it? You know, I, whenever I was a youth pastor in Portadown, um, sometimes I said some stuff and I, I probably felt afterwards, oh, that was a little bit harsh. But I, uh, I remember one night this, uh, this girl coming to me, we were really pushing. I chatted about it a bit at, whenever I was at New Weekender about really pushing for the lost, like really pushing for young people that didn't know Jesus, really pushing to see people that were far from God come close to God. And then as I guess I really wanted to put the responsibility onto the teenagers because I, I knew that I wasn't going to answer for their friends, but they were, and I wanted them to do something about that. And I remember one night really distinctly that this one girl came running to me and was like, Oh, my friends coming to youth. My friends coming to youth. Can you believe my friends coming to youth? And usually what I would have done would have been, this is unbelievable. Can't wait. Like so excited. Can't wait to meet her. But I wanted to remind her again that it was her responsibility because it was her friend. And I just said to her that night, I went, well, have you told your friend about Jesus yet? She said, well, no. I was like, well, am I going to be the first person to tell her about Jesus? She's not my friend. Like, <laughs> I don't know her. Like, I'm not. And then I sort of said to her like that night, I tried to, wouldn't it not be better if whenever she showed up that I was the second person to tell her about Jesus? Would it not be better whenever she showed up that I was just like confirming what you had already said to her? Would a better story than her showing up on a Saturday night to our youth and getting saved and giving her life to Jesus, would a better story not be that you would tell her about Jesus in school and she got saved in a corridor? And the girl went back and she told her friend about Jesus and her friend gave her life to Jesus. And I was just like there celebrating at the back end of it. And her friend shows up to youth, a Christian, because she recognized it was her responsibility. See, God doesn't just use youth pastors. He uses teenagers. He doesn't just use like youth leaders. He uses teenagers to reach teenagers. And so I want to put it back to you that it's on you to reach your friends and to reach your family. Your friends are your responsibility. Your generation is your responsibility. And so what are you going to do with that responsibility? You can't shirk this responsibility. You can't get out of the way of it. It's on you whether you choose to rise to it or not. And you guys have a night coming up soon where you're going to be encouraged to invite some people to it, to bring some people along to it. And Tim is going to preach. And then I just heard there now, LZ7 is going to do some music. And like, it's going to be a great night. And it's going to be awesome. And some young people are going to give their lives to Jesus. And it's going to be great. But I want to tell you that whoever shows up that doesn't normally show up to these things, they're your friends. Like they're your siblings. They're your family. They're people that you know that you're going to invite to it. It's like people from your school. It's on you. They're your responsibility. Your youth team put on an incredible night like this, but it's not their responsibility to tell your friends about Jesus. It's yours. It's your responsibility to do this. And I actually think a better story than them showing up on that night on Zoom and giving their life to Jesus would be that they would show up that night on Zoom already following Jesus and just plugging into this youth ministry. That's a far better story. That's the stories that we love to tell. We have stories of lots of young people that got saved in our youth ministry, give their life to Jesus in our youth ministry, in our meetings. 
but the stories that I love to tell are the ones that didn't happen there, the ones that happened in schools. That's a far better story. The ones that happened through friendships and people talking outside of there, that's a far better story because that shows us that people were owning their responsibility. And so I wanted to just remind you tonight that you have a responsibility for those people. Even though we're in lockdown, you have a responsibility for those people. You can lift your phone. It's never been easier to send somebody something about Jesus. People around you have never had more questions than they have right now. People have never been so aware as they are, as they are at this moment about like how fragile life is. Like they have more questions than ever and you have the answer. I'm convinced that whatever questions people are asking, it's Jesus that they're searching for. They're just maybe going the long way to get to it. And so you have the answer to their questions and it's your responsibility to give it to them. And so tonight, that's all I wanted to do, point out your responsibility and tell you to go for it. And just to remind you that the Bible promises us that Jesus is with us, like Jesus is with us. And so whenever I'm getting a little bit anxious or afraid about having that conversation, I remind myself Jesus is with me. Whenever my heart starts to race and I start to get all red faced thinking about it, I take a deep breath and remind myself, but Jesus is with me. And remembering at the exact same time that all of your friends and all of your family, Jesus loves them more than you. And so Jesus is with me. Jesus has been pursuing them and there's a good chance he's already been speaking to them and he's just going to use me in that moment to communicate the truth, to point them towards him, to tell them the answer that they've been looking for and that it's Jesus. And so go, be brave, be bold, put some, I would suggest, hopefully you'll do it in your, in your groups, like pick some names and say, you know, I'm going to go for that. I recognize that they're my responsibility and they're the people that I'm going to go for. I'm going to pray for you guys real quick and then hand back to whoever. And so Jesus, I thank you for each leader and each young person connected to this Zoom tonight. And Jesus, I pray that right now that you would begin to remind them of their responsibility, that they would begin to see the people around them with fresh eyes, that they would begin to see and feel some of what you see and feel. And that Jesus, the sense of urgency and responsibility would rise up inside of them. And Jesus said, be so aware of your presence with them and that you're for them. And Jesus, I pray that they would step into that event, even with lots of stories already of what you've already done and with hearts full of expectancy of what you're going to do. And so bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.